Week one in the NFL provided some great storylines. They were players trying to prove themselves after having an injury last year, players that are proven that had really off games, and should the league be scared that the Packers might have found another Hall of Fame quarterback. All that and more as we dive into the week one winners and losers of the NFL, as well as do a deep dive into the top five matchups of week two. Welcome to the Super Fan Dan Show. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. You done messed up, A.A. Ron. This is no democracy. It is a dictatorship. I am the law. If you survive camp, you will be on the team. If you survive. And now here's your host. What a game! Why do you even ponder passing? I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Super fan. Dan. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the show. I'm so happy you could join us after an amazing first week of the NFL season. If this is your first time stopping by, I'm so glad you could join us. You are more than welcome to stay. If you like what you're hearing, please leave a review for the show that so that others may find out about this amazing football community we are trying to create, as well as joining our socials on X, Instagram, and Facebook at Show to stay updated on future episodes. This week, my friends, we are going to go down into the week one winners and losers of the NFL week one season so far. What I have are five winners and six losers. There's a reason why I have six. I, I was trying to hold it to five, but I had to put number six on there. So please forgive me, but it will be understandable once we get to the six loser. But first off, we start off with winner number one. And that would be easily the Detroit Lions, a team that no one had winning against Kansas City. Now, Kansas City did not have Travis Kelsey, but you still have Patrick Mahomes. The Lions played this like it was a playoff game. A fake punt in their own territory in the first quarter? Got it to work. Pick six from their rookie, Mr. Branch. Made it work. And more impressively, they ran out the clock by getting clutch first downs on their final drive to escape with victory. Props to Dan Campbell and props to the Detroit Lions for going to Kansas City and stealing a victory from the reigning Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Which brings me to my first loser, which is easily Kadarius Toney. How can you drop perfect passes from Patrick Mahomes? The meme that was going around after the game was it was a still frame of a perfect pass that was right in the hands of Kadarius Toney. Perfect pass. Absolutely perfect location. The meme said this pass was a pick six. Now, great play on Branch to kind of deflect the ball with one hand and catch it. But if Kadarius Toney does his job and catches that ball, Chiefs win that game. And even with the Chiefs down and trying to drive for a field goal, again, Mahomes threw a perfect pass. Tony 
drops the ball that would have been in field goal range. So Kadarius Toney has to bounce back or else he could be sitting on the waiver wire at this rate. So good luck with that. My second winner of the week, I have to say, as a player that came back from injury and proved he should be a starter in the NFL, and that would be Mr. Brock Purdy. Now, Brock Purdy did what he needed to do. He's not going to put up Patrick Mahomes numbers. He's not going to put up Joe Burrow-type numbers, although anyone could be Joe Burrow this week. We'll get to that later. But in this game against Pittsburgh, at Pittsburgh, by the way, 19 of 29, 220 yards, two touchdowns, and a passer rating of 111.3. If that Brock Purdy shows up every week to run the offense for Kyle Shanahan like that, that's the reason why I picked San Francisco to win the Super Bowl. Just They don't need great quarterback play. They just need solid quarterback play to let the playmakers take over like Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and then let the defense control games. San Francisco is going to be a tough team to beat this year, especially if Brock Purdy plays like this. My second loser of week one easily is Ryan Tannehill. And yet somehow they only lost by one really ugly game to watch 16 to 15 win for the saints. But Ryan Tannehill, I don't know what happened to him. Like he was never great, but he was decent. He was like Brock Purdy. He would not lose you the game and he'd make the throws when needed. Did get Deandre Hopkins. He had 65 yards receiving on 16 catches with 13 targets, by the way, by the way, that Traylon Burks, who we said in the preview for the Titans, only had three targets, two catches, 18 yards. So not good, but Ryan Tannehill, 16 of 34, 198 yards, three interceptions, no touchdowns, sacked three times, rating of 28.8. Ouch. And some of those throws he was throwing were awful. Absolutely no chance for catching. I don't care if you have... DeAndre Hopkins. I don't care if you have Jerry Rice. I don't care if you have Randy Moss. You don't throw into double and triple coverage or you don't throw where your receiver doesn't even have a chance. Ryan Tannehill did not look like an NFL quarterback yesterday. And that spells doom for Tennessee's playoff hopes. Let's go to our third winner of the week. That would be Mr. Jordan Love. A guy taking over for Aaron Rodgers who took over for Brett Favre, the two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Surely we don't have a third Hall of Fame quarterback here. It's very early to say that, obviously. But there's a lot of, lot more hope in Green Bay than there was prior to this game. The Bears were roughly a four-and-a-half-point favorite. And Jordan Love, 15 of 27, 245 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, Quarterback rating 123.2 with a perfect quarterback rating of 158.3 on third and fourth down passes. How crazy is that? First start of the year as quarterback one goes to Chicago in the oldest rivalry in the NFL history and takes it to the Bears defense. He looked poised and... Some of his throws looked like Aaron Rodgers was still slinging the ball back there. Tom Clements, the quarterback coach for the Packers, did an amazing job with love in the offseason. 
And we'll see if this is consistent, but there's a lot of positives to take away with this game for Jordan Love. And little fantasy side note, if Luke Musgrave or Jaden Reed is on your waiver wire or even Romeo Dobbs, pick them up. They're going to get targets and they're going to get opportunities to shine in this offense. So should be a fun year for those Packer fans with Jordan Love in this steady start. And another fun fact, Jordan Love did better than Aaron Rodgers did in his first start against the Bears way back in 2008. So have fun, Bears fans, but it looks like ownership was passed from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. That brings me to the opposite side. My third loser of the week is the quarterback on the other team, Justin Fields. The fact that this guy was a black horse or a dark horse for MVP is a laughable. Absolutely laughable. Stats for this game, 24 for 37, 216 yards, one touchdown. Then he threw a pick six to Quay Walker. He was sacked four times, rating of 78.2. Now true, their offensive line was an absolute shambles. But this is Fields' third year. There's got to be some progress, and there didn't seem to be any faith in Justin Fields. I think they threw 11 screen passes this game, running back screens and wide receiver screens. DJ Moore, the guy that you got with the number one pick trade to Carolina, two targets, two catches, 25 yards. Now, part of that was poor scheme, and part of that was Jair Alexander just shutting down DJ Moore. Absolutely shut him down, but the fact that DJ Moore only got two targets does not bode well. Another thing that does not bode well, Justin Fields had 59 yards rushing on nine carries. Great. Their actual running back, 27 yards on nine carries. Rough. Absolutely rough right there. Justin Fields at times looked like he depended too much on his legs. In fact, a couple of his runs were called back for holding on the offensive line because it wasn't even a designed run. So he doesn't take his time, and I think if this trend continues, the Bears are trying to look at another quarterback next year, which looks like it could be the case right now because Justin Fields looks like the same exact Justin Fields that was playing for the Bears last year. A guy that's a great athlete, can run the ball, but his decision-making is subpar. Our fourth winner of the week is a player who I am rooting for so hard. That player is Tua Tugavaiola of Miami. The guy that had concussion after concussion last year came up huge in the first game of the year for Miami. Look at these stats. 28 for 45, 466 yards, three touchdowns, did have one pick, but a rating still of 110. And he utilized Tyree Kill, which you should. 11 catches, 215 yards, and 15 targets for Hill. Are you listening, Bears fans? Are you listening, Bears coaches? That's what you should be doing with DJ Moore. Throw the ball to your best player. And they sure did. And Jalen Wada also got four catches for 78 yards, so he wasn't no slouch either. 
there were rumors in the offseason that Tua was going to retire, and he did address that it did come across him and his family. But I'm glad he came back because he is blossoming into a star right now for Miami. So I hope the concussions stay away. I hope he can stay on his feet because he could be a dark horse candidate for MVP. He'll be fun to watch this year. And Miami, if he's playing like that, could win 10, 11 games easily. Easily. My fourth loser of the week in a really ugly game, quite honestly, it was Daniel Jones of the Giants. Just discouraging performance, especially since in the offseason, four-year contract, $160 million, $82 million guaranteed. And you know what Daniel Jones gave him? 15 for 28, 104 yards, two interceptions, no touchdowns, sacked seven times with a quarterback rating of 32.4. You're not going to win much in that in the league if that's what you're doing, quite honestly. And he only had 43 yards rushing, 3.3 average. Just a really ugly game, especially against the division rival. That is not the way you want to start the season. And ownership of the Giants is probably already kicking themselves for giving Daniel Jones that ludicrous contract. Let's move on to our fifth winner. And this one surprises me, quite honestly, but I got to put Mac Jones as a winner. Losing a fair against the Eagles, but the Mac Jones of year one when he was a rookie is showing up instead of the Mac Jones from last year. I think Bill O'Brien is making a huge difference already with Mac Jones. This game, he was 35 of 54, 316 yards, and three touchdowns to one pick with a rating of 91.3. If that Mac Jones shows up, this team has an outside chance of making the playoffs as a wild card. So that should be an intriguing storyline to look at. My fifth loser of the week especially after signing a contract for the being the highest paid player in NFL history. And what do you do? Mr. Joe Burrow absolutely drops a goose egg. Absolutely horrendous. When I saw the stats for this game, I could not believe what I was seeing. Joe Burrow's my fantasy guy. He's my fantasy quarterback. He lost me my game. 14 of 31, 82 yards. A rating of 52.2, no touchdowns, no picks. Now, all hope is not lost because for those of you that forgot, last year in the Bengals' first game, they played the Steelers. Joe Burrow had 338 yards that game, so the yards showed up, but he had four interceptions that game. So I'm not, I'm not doubting that Joe Burrow will do that again. I, I believe Joe Burrow will bounce back, especially since he didn't even play the preseason. I think he'll bounce back and help the Bengals on a deep playoff run like last year. Like last year. But boy, this game does not help me with my confidence in that direction, at least for this year. He's got to show up next week to make me believe in him again. And then my sixth loser, and I had to put this one in there, I have kind of a tie for this one. It's fa- it's the fans of the NFL. And obviously it was the Aaron Rodgers injury. Not even a dirty hit. Didn't even look that bad. But Achilles rupture, MRI, MRI, 
uh, confirmed it. And whether you liked or hated Aaron Rodgers, you have to admit that you were one wondering what he was going to do in the Jets. You were wondering if he could make a playoff run with New York. The New York Jets fans finally had hope. All dashed away after four plays. So we are being robbed of maybe one of the most intriguing seasons of all time because of a terrible, terrible injury. But the other tie with that, I got to put the Bills and Josh Allen. Aaron Rodgers goes out. You get to play Kyle Wilson. That should be an automatic W. I don't care how good the Jets defense is. Just hold on to the ball and you have a chance to win. Josh Allen did not do that. Josh Allen threw three interceptions. And then you lose the game in overtime on a punt return for a touchdown. It's just... The Bills are better than this. And they just gave the game to the Jets with those interceptions and the punt return. So the Bills have a lot to focus on and a lot to wake up on for the rest of this season. That is for sure. Now that we've covered the week one winners and losers, let's take a deep dive into the top five matchups for week two. Starting with number five. I picked an interesting matchup for this position. I picked the Colts against the Texans. Two rookie quarterbacks, Anthony Richardson versus C.J. Stroud. For C.J. Stroud is another chance to build off his performance from last week. No touchdowns, really. It wasn't really that impressive. And for Anthony Richardson, another team to prove that they he should have been picked by them. Anthony Richardson dropped the number four to the Colts. Almost led the Jaguar, almost led them to a victory over Jacksonville. So it'll be a very fun matchup to watch to see which rookie quarterback is impressed on the fans and the teams in an early week two battle. Next up on the list, we have number four the Vikings versus the Eagles. The Eagles had a very strong start against the Patriots, but then almost blew it at the end of the game. The Vikings, heavy favorite against Tampa Bay at home, and lost. The Vikings do not want to go into an 0-2 deficit and have the Lions and the Packers run away with the division, especially early in the year. The Eagles have to be consistent and try to play a full game and just not a half. I have the Eagles winning this one because I don't think the Vikings can do much with Kirk Cousins who can either throw a pick six or throw an amazing touchdown strike. You never know what you're going to get. That's why he's the ultimate average quarterback. Following that, we have number three. The Miami Dolphins versus the New England Patriots in early Week 2 AFC East matchup. Tua Tagovailoa, as I said in my winner, as well as Mac Jones, one of my winners. Could be an interesting and great quarterback matchup. The winner of this game will have an inside edge to the AFC East crown. I think the Dolphins will take this one. I think Tyreek Hill will be too much as long as Tua targets him. And I think Jalen Waddell could have a surprisingly good game if they double-team Tyreek Hill. After that matchup, we have... Number two. 
we have an NFC West battle between the San Francisco 49ers and the LA Rams. Both teams coming off impressive victories. We'll have Matthew Stafford versus Brock Purdy. Again, the LA defense really has a bunch of no-name prospects outside of Aaron Donald. Performed well against Seattle, but can they do the same thing against the 49ers with Debo Samuel, Brock Purdy, and Christian McCaffrey? My answer is no. I have the 49ers winning this one in a close one by seven. And finally, number one. We have the Baltimore Ravens versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Baltimore had its moments last week against Houston, but didn't look too impressive in a really ugly 25-9 victory over Houston. They lost J.K. Tobbins for the season with an Achilles tendon tear. I don't know why that's a popular injury all of a sudden, but Achilles rupture is apparently a thing now in the NFL against the Bengals, who had a really rough week one opener. This is a chance for the Ravens to take control of this division and put the Bengals down to 0-2. Doesn't mean they're out, but it puts Cincinnati in a hole they do not want to be in. However, I see Joe Burrow bouncing back. I have the Bengals winning this game by at least 10 points. So, what do you guys think? Do you agree with my week one winners and losers, as well as my week two matchups to watch out for? Or do you have other matchups or other winners and losers that you think should have been on these lists? Well, we would love for you to hear your opinion, and you can share that on our socials at Show on Instagram, X, and Facebook. Again, if you like what we're doing, leave a review so that others may find this amazing football community. Again, my friends, thank you for listening. God bless. And we'll see you next time here on the Superfan Dan Show, where football is our middle name.